Preview: The Buffalo Kid is out day-to-day with an upper body, so he won't be joining us tonight. But we do have uh, Dana Lane, professional handicapper here in Las Vegas, has been gracious enough with his time to sit in. He's going to go ahead and co-host our Stanley Cup Final Preview, give us some uh, gaming insight, as well as regular, regular wonderful hockey insight that he brings to the show every time he's on. Uh, he's, a, he's a real good hockey guy. And he's great to have along. So, Dana, thank you for your time, and welcome to the show. It is a pleasure, as usual, to be on your show. I appreciate the time. Thank you, sir. I know the last time we were on, we, uh, I don't know what we did, two hours, three hours, whatever it was. Two hours. It was, it was, <laughs> and it, I mean, it was to the point we had to split it into into two different shows uh, just to get it published in time for the playoffs to start. So, we, 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 got, we got one series to look at, only two teams this time. And I, th- right. I think we can cut it down a little bit from there. But there's there's so much to talk about with just just these two teams that uh, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like seems like there's a lot to look into, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a real good matchup. I mean, I had in my power rankings, I had Tampa Bay at two and Chicago at four during the course of the season. Um, I'm very happy with this matchup. I think it's going to be a, a phenomenal series. Chicago is a dollar thirty favorite to win the series, despite the fact that they don't hold home ice advantage, which is you know something that you don't see a lot. Sometimes you see it in the NFL where uh, during the playoffs you'll see a road team as a favorite against uh, you know a wild card team, a, a road the um, road, road team that won their division that has to go on the road against the uh, inferior opponent. So you'll right. see that at times, but. You know, usually the team that has the home ice advantage is, is the favorite, and that certainly is not the case in this series. Is that is that because of public money? I, I know there's a big Chicago Blackhawks contingent in town. Did it open up there, or has the line moved? No, I, I have to tell you, I mean, this is it, this to me is definitely uh, you know you know when they put these lines out is to get equal action on on both sides, and there is uh, there is Tampa Bay money coming in. From the wise guys, the guys that put the bigger bigger bets down, but the majority of the public is betting Chicago and over in game one. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, they're not going to make, uh, they're, you know, I think what's going to happen here is they, they kind of figure they're going to get a bunch of Chicago uh, money, which they are Chicago bets, which they definitely are, and I think that they wanted uh, to make, um, uh, you know, make a premium on the series at least uh, if you wanted Chicago. But uh, Tampa Bay is a dollar twenty, dollar thirty favorite in Game One, uh, but they're not a favorite in the series. Is it was the total still five on Game One? Total, total is five over minus a dollar forty. Uh, that is pretty reflective of the way that the money is coming in as of right now. Seventy-two percent of the tickets written are on the over. So they've moved that from five to five over minus a dollar forty. I think there's. I mean, I'm just an amateur, obviously, but there's still 
there's still value on that dollar forty. If it goes too much higher, you might not want to look at that. But I think I think one of the one of the interesting parts of this series, and it's kind of different. Uh, like last year, you had Jonathan Quick and and Henry Lundquist. The year before, mm-hmm. uh, the Blackhawks, Corey Crawford was standing on his head. The year before that, Jonathan Quick again. The the goalies, Corey Crawford lost his starting job earlier in their playoffs, and he se- he seems to have his confidence back. Um, he seems to have righted the ship, but there's still that that question mark there a little bit. Ben Bishop's played pretty good, but then. Even even against New York, he gave up a five goal game and a six goal game. So, and these are two these are two talented, packed offensive. Uh, Chicago might get the edge in the forward group there, but uh, de- definitely the, the 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 what you would think of as the hot goalie goes and goes and wins the cup or goes on a deep cup run. They both those goalies cooled off there at the in the except bishop i mean he did he did throw the two nothing shutout in in game seven to get rid of the rangers there but overall in the series neither crawford nor bishop played phenomenal in their conference final series so there's still some value on that overplay would you think well tampa uh, and i mean definitely that's the side i would look at i mean i see Another, I, I see a dollar fifty at another offshore book right now. Ooh. But that's kind of my limit. Um, it's as low as minus a dollar thirty-eight. Uh, there is an indication that that might come down because that, uh, you know, it's it's pretty easy with a lot of these to to think that maybe it's uh, there's going to be a feeling out process in the first period. Right, right. Um, and that would lend, it, lend itself to being under, which you would get, you know, plus a dollar twenty, plus a dollar uh, thirty, as it as it stands right now. So, uh, I you look, I, I like the over in this. I don't, I, I don't love the fact that with the public, I don't love the fact that minus about buck forty. But you know, the more I look at this, you know, you have a Chicago team that basically got beat up by Anaheim. I mean, they mm-hmm. literally. Going into Game Seven, were out hit by over a hundred hits. You know yeah, they were right. beat up, and and so now here we are. You know on the road against the Tampa Bay team. That I I'll tell you. I mean we know the names Patrick Sharp and Taze and Kane. But if you really look at these lineups and compare them, uh, especially up the middle, Tampa Bay uh, is as good, if not better, on, on most of those lines. I guess I'll go on record now and, and admit to my 11-3 and series record here in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, and I was on Tampa's side when most of the money was coming through on the Rangers in the last series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's exactly why. they're. I think they're, they were the highest-scoring team in the league during the regular season, and I think Chicago was fourth. Um, so going, going with the over is, is kind of – where I'm looking at it too, but let's let's back up the truck here just a little bit before we go too deep into that. And uh, sure. we had some good uh, good news coming out of out of the Las Vegas uh, Hockey Vision this week. Absolutely, uh, the National Hockey League had asked us to to sell season ticket deposits without the promise of a team, as, as most people know by now. And the their target goal before they would allow us to accept corporate or casino, whoever, whatever you want to call it, the corp corporate block sales or luxury box sales. They wanted the they wanted ten thousand tickets sold to the general public, John Q public. And 
they when they got to nine thousand, they kind of they kind of had to stop updating it for a little while. I don't know if that was a league mandate or if that was just you know a, a strategy of sales for a little while. Like maybe if if they got to ten thousand, the ticket sales would go mm-hmm. up, or I don't know what that was. But I'd like to get an answer on that. To be honest with you, I. I I don't understand what the reasoning for is for that, and that does nothing but irritate people. I mean, we, you know, I know people, especially myself, I guess, I, I'd love to sit here with a real-time sticker and watch these things being sold, but I know that's not going to happen. But, you know, you get to 9,000, and then there's no update for a long time. Yeah, there was. And, that, that brought me down a little bit, too. It's irritating, and I don't, I don't know, you know why it what benefit would the league get by saying, hey, don't update them anymore? <laughs> you know, I mean, look, if you're worried that people are not going to buy tickets because you're already at your goal, then maybe, you know, that tells you something anyway. This there should be a market that will buy tickets regardless of where you're at because they want to be there. No, absolutely. So absolutely. update them. I think, and, and, and my, my personal opinion Commissioner Bettman loves the, the the spotlight. He loves the highlight. He loves to to milk everything out for all of the media potential that could possibly be in something. So by and it, this is just personal opinion. I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but to to get to nine thousand and then everybody holds their collective breath until the the final announcement that yeah we 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 smashed ten thousand uh, before he lets. Mr. Foley uh, update us all as to where the where the process is. Um, I think I think that just just is a way to create in his mind uh, a, a a marquee moment, if you will, a bang, a firecracker going off in the in the media, and, and allows them to to keep going every three or four weeks with an announcement that leads up to the board of governors saying that they'll vote on it in September. And then, you know what I mean? You know, he's, he's stringing this along and stringing it out, uh, for all of the media hype that he can get out of it, because that's, I think that's the way Batman runs the league. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think Las Vegas is a town you string along. I agree with you hundred percent. I, I just don't think we're that type of town. And, he doesn't understand that, and of course, the only people that really understand that is the people that live here. And we are uh, a town full of people with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. We we come to a place to try to, you know, find new opportunities and be part of something new. And you know, we don't we don't want to be played games with. I, I know I don't. No. Just give me, give me the number. Let me know where we're at, and, and then good. We can all feel good about it. But you know, when you're how, I mean, I mean, really, there was no announcement. I mean, so so not being part of the, the scene at all is, is that, I don't know what that accomplishes. And I don't think being, you know, out of sight, out of mind for, for a month or three weeks accomplishes anything anyway. I don't think that puts the spotlight on Batman. I think, I think that just irritates the people that would potentially buy his ticket. Yeah, it's, and... You know, it, it's funny. I I did have a chance to sit down with Mr. Foley and Brian Blessing uh, Thursday of last week, I think, and we were able to have a nice chat after they finished Brian's show, Sportsbook Radio, on 9:20 K Bad AM here in Las Vegas. He he was very happy that he was allowed to 
go ahead and and, and update the public. He, you know what? He's going to be a very good owner for Las Vegas. I, I, I'm a, I wanted to ask you while we were on the show. Uh, we hit eleven thousand five hundred. The uh, the corporate casino tickets didn't go on sale until after we passed ten thousand. So now you add those into the total, and we're over thirteen five. Then this week they've announced that the, the the quarter season and half season packages are now on sale. So uh, for as little as seventy five bucks, you can get a right. you can get a ten game pack and and rock and roll. So I, the projections that I've seen and talked to people say that that fifteen thousand with the with the luxury boxes that have been sold for ten year commitments, fifteen thousand with the the corporate blocks is a very realistic goal at this point. And then at that point, it's twenty three hundred to a full building. So, uh, it w- would it be more of a shock at this point, with given all that information, if we did not get a team, or if we did get a team? Uh, it would have been a shock with information that I had, you know, six months ago. I mean, look, you allow a city to go out and sell season tickets and you get behind it, and you show up at the press conference talking about Gary Bettman, yep. and you give it your full blessing, and then what does it say when we've surpassed what you've asked us to do, and then you've said, no, we don't think so. <laughs> well, come on. Yeah, no, no, be, I agree. Yeah, so, so all those signs say, if you do what we're, what we're asking you to do, then chances are that you will get a team. And, of course, he has to, you know, answer to the owners. But, man, I I just don't think you turn your back at that point because I don't know another, uh, even Kansas City, where they basically built the Sprint Center for hockey. I mean, they certainly didn't ask them to go out and sell these tickets. And look at Nashville. You know, we talked about this before, that their set amount was six uh, was, uh, was 10,000 or so, and they sold six and still got a team. Yeah. So right. why wouldn't we, of uh, a city of 2.2 million people with 41 million people walking by that arena every single year, why wouldn't we get a team? I, I agree. Silly I if agree. we didn't. I agree with you 100. percent And uh, he he feels that he's made his point, and the city's made his point. I'm using an analogy now where. Let's just say we built this great brand new arena and we were going to start this fantastic winter concert series. And we had 41 nights booked in this arena all winter long. And all we're asking you guys to do is show up and buy your tickets and then we'll tell you if you get a band. How many tickets do you think would be sold to that winter concert series? Not not nearly as many as Mr. Foley sold here for National Hockey. Yeah, I mean, it's like only telling you what genre of music is going to be in there, and then you decide whether or not you want to buy tickets. Right. I mean, certainly not even close to the amount of tickets so would would be in that scenario. But Exactly. Uh, there's nothing... I, I think the only thing that bothered me a little bit is that you, you know that Mr. Foley was allowed to go and sell 2016, and there was nobody from the league the best of my knowledge, nobody from the league said, whoa, whoa, hold on, Bill. We, we didn't say anything about 2016. No, something so they allowed, changed that. Yeah. So they allowed Bill to go out and, and, and utilize 2016 as the potential target date, knowing full well that that was not reasonable. And I think that's the only thing 
that kind of bothered me about the whole process is I thought that kind of dipped the toe in dishonesty a little bit. The, what, what do you think of my, I have a little pet theory too on that, was that uh, all along it looked like that the uh, the Seattle arena was going to be mirroring the Las Vegas arena. And so they were thinking that nah, 2016 might work out if they're there, you know, because they do need two teams in the West. And then when the uh, the city council just basically said uh, to Chris Hansen up there, nope, you are, we are not going with a hockey first scenario unless you have an ownership that brings in all private funding for the arena. And at, at that point, they, the Tuck, Tuckwilla arena plan started to take shape and there was private funding for that and a location. And maybe the league was hoping to push it back a year, let them get an arena because that, that arena would be scheduled to open fall 2017 um, and that they could pair us together. And and it, that's not going to happen at this point. It's already too late. But earlier mm-hmm. in the process, uh, I, I think that might have been what they were thinking. Well, then tell us. Then tell us that. You know, I mean, don't, don't, don't sit there and say 2016, knowing full well that the response wouldn't nearly be as good if you said it was 2017, but you knew all along it was going to be 2017, but you let Mr. Foley run with that. Right. And so we don't know, you know, what the intricacies are of that conversation. We don't know if Mr. Foley decided to run with that or, you know, or if the Leafs didn't, just didn't sat back and just didn't say anything about it. I don't know what exactly happened either, either way on that, but but I do know that there's no way the league thought that this was going to be done by 20, 2016 for yeah. the 2016 season. So knowing that, yeah, I mean, knowing that, let's 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 be a little bit more truthful. And you know, I think if this is a a hockey market, it would have proved itself to be a hockey market regardless of when the startup date was. No, I agree. I agree. And and again, like you said, just tell us. Tell us what's going on. We're uh, that's right. Mo- that's right. The people that are putting down the the season ticket deposits, we're all grown ups. <laughs> we can we can make reasonable assumptions and decisions on our own. We're not uh, to go to another point. We're not drunk and falling down in a stoop or walking out of casinos every night. We can handle little information and timeline scheduling and budgeting and stuff like that. Um, but so no, that was really it was really good news that came out this week with his uh, his meet and greet there. Uh, we, we are officially now fifteen hundred over the season ticket base that the league had asked for, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, Seattle is in in my opinion not going to enter the league with us. So that makes our franchise draft that much stronger for our team, and his his goal of playoffs in three cup and eight uh, six of the last eight expansion teams have been in the playoffs within five years and five of those were in four or three and the Panthers were playing for a cup in two years. So having an expansion draft all to ourselves and then being in the amateur draft and then being involved in free agency that year that, uh, and, and speaking with him earlier this week, he's very confident that the, the way things are going to roll out here as we progress through this, that uh, we're going to be, he's he's going to be a very successful franchise and quicker than a lot of people are going to think. Well, it's it's a real shame, you know. When this first came out, 
and I don't know, you know, what happened as far as their lack of involvement at this point. But, man, I, I tell you, you look, if we have to expand by two teams in the West, it would be so simple to put Vegas in the Pacific and Kansas City in the Central, where they have a natural rivalry with St. Louis and Chicago, and we can all go about our way. Oh, and I just don't know why they, they – I don't know if Kansas City became solid towards the NHL or the NHL was solid towards them, but I know that that sprint center was built with the intention of having a permanent tenant in there. Yes, absolutely it was, and, I, and I'm with you. I don't know what happened there. Um, if they wanted to, I mean, it'd be real easy to bring Detroit back to the West, uh, put the team in Las Vegas, and now 15-15, we're done. Let everybody yeah, but else. I don't. I don't think Illich wants to go back to the West. That's the only problem. I think he's very happy with his travel schedule now. I would agree with that, and and it gives him a better chance to be competitive as well because the West is a beast. <laughs> well, it's certainly not the, you know that division that they were in. Yeah. Um, and let's not, you know, obviously Montreal and Tampa and Boston and um, even Florida this year were good teams, but. You know, certainly it's nothing like the gauntlet that they just came from uh, with St. Louis and now Nashville or Minnesota and Winnipeg, Winnipeg playing well. Uh, even Dallas ended the year as probably the hottest team in the NHL. So, yeah, yeah, they just uh, missed out too. Calgary, great young team. Um, who And after after everything that happened, even with, with Schneider and then Luongo and then the GM and then the coaching change with... Vigneault, a Tortorella, and then Vancouver still, I mean, shockingly enough, um, they had a pretty still good... Still 100-point uh, team. It's still, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you would have went at the start of the season and said, hey, you're defending champs, not in the playoffs. Vancouver, after all of their turmoil, trading Kessler the, and everything else that went on, they're going to get a 100-points team, and they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. I don't think too many people would have spotted you five bucks on that. Well, there was only I, I, I will put it in this perspective for Vancouver. There was only five other teams in the NHL that had more wins than they had. Yeah, and Anaheim, which we certainly consider, you know, one of the big boys, uh, they may turn into the new San Jose Sharks, mm. but uh, mm. at least they got a cup. But you know, Vancouver only has three less uh, three less wins than than Anaheim did. So they had a heck of a season, really quiet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, which is strange for Vancouver to be really quiet about anything. No offense uh, to our friends up in British Columbia, um, but they like to well, make, they like to make noise when they're doing well. Well, we know that they are not quiet when they lose Stanley Cup Finals. This also is true. So going back to going back to the Stanley Cup Finals, there, uh, we just wanted to update everybody and and get everybody up to speed if they missed the announcements. Um, all, all four people that'll probably be listening to this. That, uh, <laughs> um, that, yeah, Vegas. We did it. We got our, we got our ten thousand officially, and uh, our luxury boxes are sold out for ten years. Our lower center ice club is within 20, 20 seats of selling out. The upper bowls are sold out for season tickets. Uh, the lower bowls have three year commitments with them. And what, one other thing, real quick. Uh, people, people say, oh, the casinos are going to buy all their tickets there. The the casinos and the corporations and their software companies and Zappos is headquartered here, and and there's a lot of companies that here besides casinos, of course. But let's face it, we're we're a we're a casino driven economy, 
and the same way like if you go to if you go to staples centers and you look around and there's four different levels of luxury boxes there don't tell me that the plumbers and electricians and software engineers in los angeles went and bought all those luxury suites up whatever corporations that are there in McDonnell Douglas, Boeing, anyone headquartered there in Southern California, those are all corporate purchase seats as well. And just because you can tag the casino label in a negative connotation to our corporations here in Nevada that are buying the luxury seats, it's, it's just the same. No franchise in modern sports today in any league can survive without corporate sponsorships and corporate luxury box sales and corporate ticket sales. That's the nature of the industry today. And let's get past the fact that it's the MGM and the Golden Nugget and Caesars Palace that are buying the luxury suites. And it's just another it's just another American corporation that's helping support a franchise. And those seats weren't sold until after the 10,000 individual private sales were held. And that's uh, that's about all I want to do on that. <laughs> Well, if you told everybody that the MGM was a movie company, wouldn't anybody care? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And you know that all the movie companies in Los Angeles, every one of them has a, has a suite in Staples Center because in the Clippers games or the Lakers games or the Kings games, the cameras sure are happy panning around all those, showing all the, the movie star celebrities that are at those games. So, and Part they, of the... Uh, yeah, part of the biggest... Um, the biggest uh, issue that people have in Toronto is that everybody, um, uh, all the corporate corporate people, fill the downstairs bowl. So yeah, and, and Johnny can, Fan can't get his hands on any of those that's tickets. That's right. Uh, and they jack the price up, and and nobody can uh, and nobody can get to these games. Yeah, so. which is okay because you haven't been missing much lately. But the fact of the matter is that you know, in any arena, uh, in anywhere in this country. Uh, the bottom bowls are pretty much filled with people that are uh, corporate oriented. Yeah, and what what the people are saying? Oh, they're just going to be comp giveaways. I don't know what people think if if it takes people don't know if it takes a certain number of and I don't know what the figures of how much money you actually have to play per hour in order to even just get a buffet comp. Um, <laughs> I, I've been here for a while, and the most I've ever got is a drink ticket out of the sports book. I've never even been handed a meal ticket to go into the buffet. Right. They're not going to give yeah. away hundred, five hundred dollar tickets to the ninety-five percent of the people that come to Las Vegas. Hey, let me go to the hockey game. I let me see your player's card. No, but you know you can get a couple drinks at the bar. That's what casinos give away. They they're not giving away uh, five hundred dollars in casino tickets to ninety-five, ninety-eight percent of the population that that will be I in the casinos. I'll tell you what they're going to do with those tickets. They are going to finally entice locals to come into their casino Ooh. to play for X amount of time, um, and and they could get tickets to the games. There you know, you I go. mean, to I mean, they are going to utilize these tickets for people to come into their casinos, and and that's that's the bottom line on that. I, I my other pet peeve about this whole ticket drive is. When I when I'm on Twitter and I hear people say, "Oh, it'd be great. We're gonna we'll we'll make a trip of it to go down to Vegas and see a hockey game." You know what, uh, folks? Let's make it difficult for these people to come down and get a ticket into our arena. No, absolutely. Uh, this I, is, 
They're gonna have this they're gonna have trouble. Uh, they're gonna have trouble getting tickets. That's not gonna be like Anaheim was in Game Seven, where the Chicago fans were louder than the Ducks fans, and well, it was plain to hear. It. That's not gonna happen in let's Las Vegas. Those Ducks fans sold those tickets. Okay. So yep. that's what happened there. Yeah, it wasn't like Chicago bought those tickets, and I mean, it might have a few, but Duck fans sold those tickets. Yeah, that's not going to happen here. We uh, we're 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 going to have a home ice advantage. Uh, it's not, and and yeah, if 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 it's a if it's a regular season game in January, and and they want to come out from Boston, and they can they'll they'll find tickets on StubHub, and they'll get out of the. The snowy condition. It's still cold here in the in the winter, by the way, for people that haven't been here in December and January. It's it's freaking freezing cold for a yeah. lot of days. I I saw someone uh, write up that we're going to be running into the into the ice rink to cool down. Um, yeah, no, you don't just, get it. They don't. They just don't know. So uh, I'll talk to people. Uh, I'll talk to people in sports books and in the middle of January, and they'll say to me, what's going on? It's so cold here. And I'm like, well, it's winter. Yeah. It happens every year. Check your calendar. Mark it down. Yeah. It's good to go every year at this time. Our average our average temperature through those months is like 40 months, but we don't get precipitation, so you can't pile up snow or freeze a pond. But anyway, let's uh, let's get back on track. Well, here we go again. Last time we were on our two-hour two hour limit, and now we're, now we're off on our – here we go again. So let's – Let's go. Let's get back on track here. Uh, good talk. Good talk. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. That's, uh, that's why Matt Eumann always tells me to hurry up on the Los Angeles sports line because he knows. I mean, I could be going on and the show could be over. Yeah, and and, and I'm the same way. We haven't even uh, we haven't even mentioned that uh, my co-host, the Buffalo Kid, is out with uh, let's say day to day with upper body injuries here since we're talking hockey. <laughs> And uh, Dana's filling in just fine for him here on the Vegas Hockey Podcast, uh, and and keeping things rolling right along. So let's go. Let's go back. Well, go ahead. There's another way to uh, report injuries that I've seen uh, as of late, uh, where players are reported to be fined. <laughs> so that, that's the way to uh, instead of the upper body, lower body. I have seen injury reports where players are fined. Okay, so the, so the Buffalo right. kid, he's fine, uh, but Dana's here tonight, and Trigger's <laughs> uh, fine. He's fine. He's fine. Uh, so so back we talked about the prices, and we talked about uh, the the Blackhawks being the series favorite, where the where the money line was there. What's your uh, what do you like early in the series? What are we going to see tomorrow night? We kind of mentioned that there might be a little feeling out period because they haven't played each other in a while. I think the layoff, a lot of times if, you know, you can skate, you can skate around, but it, it might take a couple periods to get their legs under them and, and start moving. Tampa Bay's speed up front and even in their defensive core, is that something that they're going to use to put – I mean, the Blackhawks really are only playing four defensemen now. Um I have to, right? You got you got to press, press, press. If you're Tampa, right, going into this, that's got to, it's got to, and that's their style all year. They they were able in Game Five and Game Seven to back it down a little bit, slow it down. But I think that was more because of what the Rangers weren't doing than uh, what Tampa was doing. They they did change their game plan. They committed to blocking shots, getting the puck in the corner, chipping it out, getting it deep, doing the simple game, and it did work because the Rangers didn't have as much team speed as, as Tampa can throw at Chicago 
to take advantage of the minutes that their defensive plan is that a reasonable analogy or or do you think that the four defensemen for chicago can hold up for another six seven game series well let's get to the heart of why tampa bay has been successful in these playoffs they have taken advantage i mean they're already i mean offensively i mean they're amazing offensively then you put them on the power play you are you're jacking up their ability to put the puck in the back of the net, you know, you know, tenfold at that point. Yeah. So this is the reason why the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Stanley Cup Finals because their their uh, their power plays at twenty two percent. You know they they and not only that they have three shorthanded goals. Uh, they've allowed some power play goals uh, certainly this year, but one of the things on the power play. There is no team in the NHL in, in, the, in the Stanley Cup in the Stanley Cup playoffs that has gotten more shots off on the power play, gotten more out of their power play than the Tampa Bay Lightning. So really, yeah, we could break all these down and where the where the advantages are for both teams. But I think this really comes down to is Corey Crawford going to be the same goaltender that stopped 35 of 38 on the road in Anaheim? Or is this going to be a Tampa Bay Lightning team that is going to take advantage of their speed, especially right up the middle uh, on Chicago, a team that might be a little beat up to start this series? I mean, I, I think it's going to take a while to get their legs under them. One of the reasons why I thought Chicago would be unsuccessful against against Anaheim in Game 7, I just thought as this game goes on, we're going to really see where, where the youth in Anaheim is, is going to take over. And because that didn't happen, now I think, well, you know, maybe Anaheim now, even though they do have a cup to their credit, is going to be one of those great regular season teams and maybe, you know, some tough first-round losses or go a little deep and then, you know, lose to teams maybe they shouldn't. But How much, of, know, that, look, how much of that is uh, – sorry to cut you off. How much of that – No, that's okay. How much of that was because Boudreaux didn't adjust when uh, Quinville changed his lines around and put Kane with Taves? And Boudreaux has a history of winning President's Cups and getting swept in the first round or being the number one yeah. overall seed in the East and then losing 4-1 in the second round. You think that's the coaching deal there in Anaheim and that, oh, that, that Boudreaux just won't be able to get – I think that group probably has the, 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 the will and the skill and the fortitude to get it done, but maybe that's not the coach for them. Well, I think there's two philosophies, um, and you're two, in two places as a coach. You have a guy like Joe, Joe Quinville who has, has won two cups, and I think when he goes into a season, he thinks, okay, this is the path that we need to go on to win a Stanley Cup, whereas maybe a John Cooper that still has to prove himself as a coach in the National Hockey League. Of course, he's done it on the minor league level, but never in the NHL. Um, maybe a guy like John Cooper says, okay, let's have a great regular season and then see where we're at at that point. And so uh, I think, you know, a coaching, it's certainly in this matchup, you have to favor Quinville in this, in this matchup. I agree. You know, yeah. until, until Cooper proves that, you know, he can make the right move. I, I think uh, I think it was obvious Coach Q out Coach B. Drove for the last three games of that series. And, I mean, I was I, I was thinking something today. He was – He's third all time in wins, and that, that was kind right. of that. You got you got Scotty Bowman, you got Al Arbor, and you got Joel Quinville. 
number th- next season he should be number two all time in wins. And I, I, that surprised me. I didn't, I didn't think he had been around that long, um, and I didn't think that. Uh, well, maybe it's my prejudice, but I didn't think the Hawks had been that good that long. <laughs> um, but no, he's over 700 wins, and yeah, Cooper's in his third third year and only a second trip to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So definitely, definitely check mark to Coach Q. This could be the, and I, and I saw the analogy. I I think uh, NHL.com or somewhere that uh, this this Tampa Bay team could be the Blackhawks of 2010 to where they have the speed, they have the skill, they have the talent, they have the the young coaching staff, and maybe this is their learning curve to springboard them into the future because I don't I don't see them taking a step backwards. But I don't I don't know if it's their time right now. The Blackhawks going for for their third cup in six years and you you know, I I've had the Ducks upsetting them in, in in uh, the conference finals there and i was wrong there they, they something about chicago man they they can they can I roll, agree. they can roll four defensemen at you they could shuffle their lines at you they could uh you know lose lose players for a game and they'll come back and marcus kruger's fine uh but <laughs> but uh, man that team will bend and bend and bend but some about them they just don't break man well, uh, you know, the names Patrick Sharp and, and Taves and Kane on your first line, um, statistically, uh, it's really tough to see. And statistically, they're not as good as Kucherov or Stamkos or, or Kilhorn. Or Johnson. They're, they're not as right. Uh, you know, they're not as good offensively. Their statistics, statistics are not as good. But one thing that these statistics never measure is the intestinal fortitude of the will of, of a, the will of the team to win. Yeah, and, and that is, I mean, you know, we we talked about this, um, you know, and, and on other other times that I was on other things, and you know, I said, man, I I wish as a handicapper I could, you know, put a number on how do you feel today as a person. You know, yeah. where are are you sharp mentally? Are you are you are you focused and and those are the things you can never put a number on. That's why you can't just sit back and say, well, obviously Team A is better than Team B because you know of this, this, and this. Where, where Team A may not be, their their heads might be on their uh, you know two or three games down the road. We we say that in college football all the time, like this is a trap game before the big game, and and so those things mean, hey, look, your head's probably not going to be in Delaware State when your next game is against, you know, Duke in basketball. Right. So that that's that's kind of the thinking of that. But, you know, on paper, though, uh, I think when you look at the forward position, the center position, um, even the defensemen, it's really difficult, especially with the Chicago injuries, it's really difficult to not give Tampa Bay the, uh, the nod in all of those categories although the names might be a little bit more impressive on the Chicago side. Right, and you didn't even mention that Brad Richards has actually turned turned, turned the corner here, and he's having a, a real good playoffs. And Marion Hosa actually scored a couple big goals. Um, let's, let's say, too, uh, and I'm going to go on record right now, and I'm probably going to have a lot of people arguing with me. Uh, is Jonathan Taves the best player in the world right now? 
I think so. Well, I mean, uh, is he the best player because of his line mates? Because I'll, I, I'm pretty comfortable with Steve Stamkos on the other side. Yeah, funny you didn't come back with Crosby. Well, I mean, we're focusing on this series, right? But, right. Uh, I mean, it's right in front of me. I mean, I'm 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 pretty, and with Kucherov and Kilhorn, I mean, is that as impressive of, of a line as Sharp and Kane? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that makes Stamkos any better. And um, you know, I mean, obviously they're great hockey players, but I think the line that that Payne's plays with is far more impressive and, and enables him to get far more opportunities than maybe a Stamkos who might have to work a little harder for him. He does. He has to work a lot harder for his for his chances. But Taves isn't afraid to go to work either and get into the, you know, get right in the paint and and take the punishment to score. And Stamkos is as well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you don't score 60 goals in the National Hockey League without getting dirty, greasy goals as well as your as your slap shots from the from the from the faceoff circle on the power play. You know, you get your share of those, mm-hmm. but you don't get to 60 plus without getting your dirty goals too. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, trust me, if you're talking, okay. if, if you have to pick between Stamkos and Taves, you're splitting hairs. <laughs> I mean, there, you're, there's well, not too really much. Depends. Go ahead. It depends on what type of team you have. If you have a, a team that lacks goal scoring. I, I'm going to take Stamkos every day. Yeah. When you, if you have enough, listen. If you put Stamkos with Sharp and Kane, I, I might, you know, I I think you might have a better line at that point. Yeah. Then now now that's one of the th- one of the moves that uh, John Cooper has made is he took Stamkos out of the center position and moved him off to the wing. Remember, he went what eight goals starting or eight games starting the playoffs here without scoring a goal. And he, right. he he moved Stamkos out of the center position to wing, and and since then Stamkos has been Stamkos again that we've all known to come and love here. Um, so Coop, right, but his general his general line mates, you know, throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, we don't think. I mean, Stamkos is a center. I, I think. Yeah, I don't think he's going to change positions. He'll he'll I mean, he'll I, be I, back next year. I think he starts this season on the or this series on the wing as well. Well, I think they just wanted to get him a little bit lower, um, similar to the way the Bruins did with, with the Daniel Charles for a long time. Yeah. Uh, because uh, they wanted to get a 110-mile-per-hour shot a little bit closer to the uh, to the corners. And, you know, I mean, I it's just, look, it, it, I think if Stamkos was uh, at the point where he had, you know, 10 goals in the playoffs and he was playing like he did in the regular season, uh, I'm not sure that the move would be made. No, certainly not. I think that's just a product of trying to mix things up a little bit. But I, I, I'm telling you, I mean, even defensively, I mean, so much is made of Duncan Keith. Uh, he certainly, uh, I mean, he certainly is uh, a phenomenal defenseman. But I think that we totally overlook uh, Victor Hedman. I think we overlook uh, Anton you know, Strawman. Anton is over there Strahl, too. You know, the only problem with Anton is I, I don't like his. Stature. I, I don't really believe in five eleven defense. Ooh. But other than that, I mean, I, I think they, uh, I think they're just as good defensively. Certainly, with the injuries to Chicago, and they they're going to continue to roll uh, three pairs of defensemen out at you too. Which, 
Um, I don't yes. know. I don't know if Chicago's going to do that. They're going on a four or five man rotation, and that might. I don't know. To me, that might be the difference in the series if you can't trust trust to to get that third third pair out there as a unit. I don't know because you're making. But well, not only that, uh, not only that. If you're rolling out four defensemen, that makes it even more important that you stay off the penalty kill. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I don't want my defensemen rolling around the ice trying to trying to uh, to chase Stamkos and uh, even Tyler Johnson. I mean, here's a guy that. You know, for for most of the year, it was a third liner, and that's why I think Tampa Bay is so deep. Because I mean, you top to bottom on all three lines. Maybe you know Brendan Morrow, and maybe JT uh, Brown, but other, other than that, I mean, they've got offensive weapons up and down those three lines. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Um, I think it's going to be a great series here. Um, I'm a I'm a wrap this up. It's getting late, and uh, I got to still do all my production work tonight. And once okay. again, we're we're getting close to that hour barrier again. And when we said we weren't we going to do it, today. we said we weren't going to do it, but we're getting close to it. Um, let me uh, er, early in the early in the series, I'm 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 gonna say that I if Tampa gets two at home, I mean that was that was I mean if. if if Anaheim had gone up 2 nothing, I think they win that series. In that triple overtime game, they hit three posts and a crossbar. And if they had gone up 2 nothing, I think that series ends up a different way. Um, they didn't. It didn't. And the Blackhawks are once again in the finals. Um, and I'm, I'm going to th- – this is tough. <laughs> um, I'm not going to pick against the Blackhawks again. I, I – you know, this is the we talked about last time going up to the window filled with emotion. I want to take my emotion out of this uh, because I I I just love the story of the young upstart team taking on the Goliath and the champions and and raising the cup and those kinds of stories are actually why you know most of us are attracted to sports in the first place. Um, if, right. if we always knew who was going to win, it would be like watching a movie for the fifth time. We know what the ending's going to be. And I'm always, you know, I'm always the underdog. I'm always attracted to the stories of the sport. But this, I can't pick against the Blackhawks, man. I can't, I, you know, I did it and I did it against Anaheim and they will, they will bend, they will bend and they will bend and then they'll win when they're not supposed to win. And then they'll win when they're supposed to win. And as much as as much as I might be feeling like I want to root for Tampa Bay in this, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to say Blackhawks in in six because I don't think they need to go back to Tampa. So uh, they're going to get a split early in the series, whether it's game one or game two. They're going to go home, get two, uh, blah blah blah, all the way down. Blackhawks in six. Do you have a Do you have a feeling of where you're going to go on the series? <laughs> well, I. It's going to be, if their recent history between these two teams is any indication, it's going to be a phenomenal series because we know that five of the last seven meetings between these two teams, and of course that does go a couple of years back, but five of the last seven meetings have gone to overtime. Three of those games have gone to a shootout, and that's dating back to 2011. There's no reason to believe where... You know, on one side, I think you have a little bit better goal, a tad better goaltending, because I think Corey Crawford was more tested, or has been more tested in the Anaheim series than than Bishop was in the Rangers series. Um, I think Quinville was a factor, and I think if Chicago can win that power play battle, which is then what Tampa Bay has been living on, 
it's really difficult despite all the offensive firepower. And you can even argue maybe a little bit better of a defensive unit. Um, it's really difficult for me to think that they're going to overcome the better goaltender and the better coach. So I have to absolutely agree with you as well. Uh, I, I'm taking Chicago in six. Yeah, it's t- t- I mean, man, they're I mean they're the dynasty of they're the they're the dynasty of our time. They're the New York Islanders. They're the Edmonton Oilers. That's that's who they are. the The one thing that uh, Tampa Bay did is when they. Carey Price came in and he had a sub two goals against average. And when they played Carey Price, um, they gave him a 2.83 goals against and they scored four goals and six goals against who I believe should be the Vesna Trophy winner this year. Then, and, and a lot of that's the power play, just like you say. Then they went into Henry Lundquist and they, he came into that series here in the playoffs with, I think he came in with a 1.61, if I remember my notes from that last show correctly, and they put a 3.00 goals against on Lundqvist for that series, scoring six goals in back-to-back games, two and three. Um, so, like like you said, if Tampa is going to be the eventual winner or, or even you know compete there, it is going to have to come on the special teams, I think. But I just I just don't think that, that I think Chicago's experience is is going to take the day in this. And yeah, it's got to be Chicago and six is where I'm headed with it. Well, and watching these two teams twice this year, you know, the one issue for Chicago is their inability to get deep when they were on the power play against Tampa Bay. Um, and in two games against the Lightning this year, they're 0 for 9 on the power play. And I think that's, that's, I mean, that is everything in a nutshell. When you look back at this series and whoever wins, I guarantee the team that wins is going to be more effective on the power play. And the kill, too. This, the, the whole special teams package is going to yes, it's going exactly. to tell a story. So, all right, Dana, Lane, again, thank you very much. If you guys want to get your get your uh, sports information firsthand, you can follow Dana Lane at Dana Lane Sports on Twitter. Um, you know, I've never asked you, do you have a Facebook page? You know, I do have a Facebook page. It's kind of... Um, I, I it's kind of a private page, so I, I don't really promote it too much. Okay, I, yeah, that's cool. I, have, I, so, I I'm kind of the same way. My all my public stuff is either on Twitter or on our own VegasHockeyPodcast.com. Right, exactly. um, I, we're, I don't we're, need to give more outlets for people to be angry. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need to, I don't need Canada to have more outlets to tell me how Las Vegas doesn't deserve an NHL piece. Well, it's funny because the same people that were tweeting at me back, uh, you know, we started the show when they started the uh, started the ticket drive. I kind of launched this with that at the same time, so I'd be right there from the start. Right. And the same people that followed me then right from the start and told me we'd never sell a ticket, now they're the same people that are telling me that it's not going to last. And, uh, yeah, you guys have your tickets now. In two or three years, they'll move the team. Uh, and then now in two or three years down the road, they'll come back and say, well, you know, three or four more years, you guys are going to lose, and it's going to go on and on and on. So, we, yeah. Well, I, I, tell people, I tell people this all the time. This city was built by people that were told that what they were doing would never work. Steve Wynn was told that the Mirage would never work. People don't come to Las Vegas to be part of a resort. They come to Las Vegas to gamble. Now non-gaming revenue is much more than gaming revenue in some of the largest hotels in the city. Now, then they are the largest hotels in the world. 
Uh, and oh, yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I, I opened the Mirage as a room service waiter uh, December 7th, 1989, I believe, sir. And uh, it uh, I was on opening night staff there. It was the Leonard Durand Uno Moss fight. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, the city's never been the same since. And they told Steve, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I guess he showed them. And we're going to show the world, too, that uh, that uh, NHL hockey is going to be just fine calling itself home in Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to be. I mean, people always say, well, you know, look at Chicago. They had more fans than Anaheim. Like, we're not comparing ourselves. You know, we, we just do what we do. We, we don't care, you know, what Chicago and Anaheim are doing. Don't compare us to Arizona. Or Florida. Because we've never been... We've never been Phoenix. We've never been any of these other cities that you're trying to compare us against. We're Las Vegas. And, oh, yeah, in case you don't know, this city is barely over 100 years old, and we've done more in 100 years than you've done in 300 with your city. Yep. And and it's not. I mean, it's not a fair comparison. I mean, everyone wants to bring up that the the Winnipeg Jacks sold their 13,000 seats in 4.8 minutes. Um, you know what? I Of course they did. <laughs> of course they did it's canada canada invented hockey hockey is canada is the i mean that's their love affair that's their national it's like baseball was here in the 20s and 30s uh of course they did please don't try and hold us to that kind of a standard we're we're las vegas we're we we do but, it. And nobody holds nobody can be upheld to that standard so no. what, what's the comparison i mean seriously when cpr class is your second favorite thing to do in winnipeg why make yourself take it <laughs> exactly exactly correct so of course you are and yeah i mean the, the idea to ride only comes by once a year you gotta do something else hockey hockey is it and and you know thank thank you canada for for inventing the game yes. and letting us take part of it uh i for one i know i love it and and i know dana does too and i know tom does as well and there's the, and i know there's hundred thousand people here in this town that love hockey so thank you canada for the game uh we appreciate it but we're gonna go ahead and borrow it for a little while here in las vegas i i always find it funny how people always have a problem with uh with uh, hockey being played in a warm climate area, but nobody has a problem with the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, baseball being played in Toronto. And why, I, why is there not a? Yeah, why I, is it I doesn't just, go the other way. I just saw that the Expos are, or the the Montreal is petitioning to get the Expos to come back to Montreal. Well, and maybe we should be outraged. Yeah, I, I think I'm furious about it. <laughs> 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 I think I'm gonna lose my mind. You know what? If they can, if they can get a franchise back and support baseball, great. We we invented it, and we'd love you to enjoy it too. That's all. That, you know what I mean? That's the fan. I'm. It it always kind of puzzles me too that that. I don't know if it's a defending the the integrity or the core of the game feeling, or this is ours and we don't want to share thing. But no, you know. Like that's a good example that the Expos going back to Montreal. There's no baseball fans that I see out there. Go, oh my goodness, baseball's never gonna work in Montreal. It's I'm not a hundred percent sure where the impetus to slander us comes from. Is do I don't know what people think that they know more than 
the billionaires who've done millions of dollars in market studies and everything else and the tickets that we sold and and right, all, all right. that i don't i don't I, i'm unsure of where that comes from dana because if if you know when they had they expanded to jacksonville and carolina i didn't get the outcry that football's not going to work there that's a college football hotbed pro football's not even going to work why are you doing that it's just like okay cool and you know and we're, we're on record on the show if seattle gets their stuff together or or quebec city's fortunate enough for them to get a team i'll congratulate those cities i would love exactly right. i would love for those those cities to get franchises because i think there's great hockey fans there i i know there's great hockey fans in quebec city because a lot of them have reached out to the show and you know they've 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 offered to translate our blog on our website into French for us free of charge. They take it, they translate it into French. They send it back to me. I post it up and it's just great hockey fans that respect each other. And I, the Seattle, the Seattle market, they are the first United States team to have their name on the Stanley cup. So I know there's, That's and, right. and their junior hockey teams and their minor hockey teams up there in Portland and Seattle, they do great. They do great. And they have great fans up there. It's, it's when you get the politicians involved with the the arenas or uh, the money has to be be come up with to get a franchise started there and we've taken the reins and and we've slam dunked this home and i hope they catch up and they can join the league as well but we're we're hey, I told, go ahead i told somebody this the other day I, you could talk all you want about how the nhl made a mistake by expanding into into florida well, I hate to break it to you, but Tampa Bay is second, second, barely behind Chicago for filling their building over uh, a higher percentage over capacity than anybody else in the league. They fill a hundred and hundred and nine percent of their building. Yeah, they and are at one hundred nine. Yeah, and Chicago's they, they barely at one hundred and ten percent. That's right. So what that means is. Yeah, eighteen seven seats are sold, but then you have uh, more people standing room only in San Jose, California. <laughs> so don't tell me that it doesn't work. What what doesn't work is the wrong people trying to 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 show the sports to people that don't necessarily you know they haven't grown up with it. But when you have quality organizations like San Jose. Or you have a quality organization like you do in Los Angeles, a non another non traditional hockey market that sells a place out every single night. Yep. When you have nine traditional markets like Tampa Bay that sells out ninety eight percent in Florida, ninety eight percent of their arena every single night. And if you can you can say, Well, that's because they're they're really, really good. Well, no, that's not because go check what they did last year where they weren't really, really good. And they were doing it last year too. I I had notes on a blog that I did, and I'm still in the middle of putting it together. But if you take the last ten years of Tampa Bay attendance, they were only out of, and I'm going off the cuff here, and I could be wrong. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, they I believe in the last ten years they were only out of the top ten in attendance twice. They were sixth, ninth, 
15th, 15th, 18th, and 21st, I believe. Some, somewhere like that. It's not, it's not a this year thing. It's not a last year thing. And then also studying the Kings attendance where everybody says they only have fans since 2012. Well, go back to the 2005 to 2007 series where, or seasons where the Chicago Blackhawks were drawing fewer fans per game than the Arizona Coyotes drew this year which was under 13,000. At the same time, the Kings, who were in the midst of the franchise record streak for missing the playoffs at seven seasons in a row, sold over 90% of their tickets during every season that they missed the playoffs. Um, there, There is fans out there, and they, they have been there since before 2012. Um, and now I'll, I'll do one other example. If you look at the Dallas Stars, we all know they came from Minnesota, right? Um the Minnesota Wild are in the midst of, of five straight seasons of negative operating revenue. People look at the arena, and it's sold, and there's crazy fans in Minnesota, but they're underwater. The state of hockey, Minnesota, had to just forgive them $32 million on their arena debt, or they were going to start defaulting on their loans, and nobody wanted the publicity of that. So the state of hockey said, fine, we don't want, we're not going to call that loan due on you. And meanwhile... Down in Texas, in the warm weather where hockey doesn't work, the Dallas Stars are in the midst of five consecutive seasons of positive operating revenue, and they've only been to the playoffs once in those five years. So it's and they don't fill their building as as much as Minnesota does. No, it's it's there's more to it than climate and geography. It's it's a business model. It's managing your expenses as opposed to your income. That's right. There is, as just like any other business, it can work if your product is good. It can work anywhere. And the, I I love the Dallas Minnesota analogy because Minnesota is the most traditional market. But the last time that they had a team that moved to Dallas, and financially, Dallas is doing better than Minnesota is, and they have their team back. So, I, And I always love to give this a, this little tidbit back to my Canadian friends as well. When they want to point to Arizona and how bad they've done, but yet Ottawa, which last time I checked was in the middle of Canada, uh, only fills it does only basically fills over just a little over ninety five percent of your building, and if you think that that is good, the average is what around ninety eight ninety nine percent in the NHL. So in a in a in a city that's in a country that loves hockey, they can't fill their building. Well, what does Canada say? Well, it's because it's out in the middle of nowhere. Well, why is that argument good for Ottawa and not good for Arizona? Uh-huh. Because that arena is in the middle of nowhere. That's a great so point. It's the same thing. So the, the fact of the matter is, that, why I say it does not matter what Arizona does. It doesn't matter what San Jose, L.A., and I does. It matters what Las Vegas does. And the people that run our team have to understand that this is about relationship building. And I made this point last week, if you, in social media-wise, our Arena Football League team here, um, they they do an amazing job getting on social media, getting into the community, being active in the community. And, yeah, they're trying to sell Arena Football. That's not the National Hockey League. But they get and they do a phenomenal job. Mr. Vince Neal does an amazing job of selling the Las Vegas Outlaws. Yeah, absolutely. And, and going going back to my lunch last week, Mitch Foley is going to be a great owner. 
just just the mere fact that he didn't get up from the radio show, walk out, get in his limo, and go to the airport and fly off to wherever he wanted to fly off to, um, and that he would take the time to just sit around and talk hockey with an idiot like me, just the same way we've been doing here. We wasn't anything fancy. I didn't have a tape recorder going. It's just you know I had we we, I, we had a couple iced teas. And we just sat there. It was before the Rangers did lightning and before the Blackhawks, Ducks, Game 7s. And he he told me who he thought was going to win. And we talked, you know, strategy. And Blessing is a great hockey guy. So just the, th- mm-hmm. the three of us just sitting there talking hockey. The other thing about Las Vegas is we're immune to celebrity pretty much. We, we deal with that on a daily basis. With uh, You have the Pacquiao fight. you got Paris Hilton getting arrested on the street for blow or what, whatever it is. We see celebrities every single day. And if you come at us with that celebrity attitude, you're, you're, it's not going to work for you. It's going to be fine for us, but you're the, it's not going to work for you because we're, we're immune to that stuff here. We see, we see it. We deal with it every day. And... Mr. Foley, he, you know, he showed me, I'm just an idiot who goes on a microphone and talks about hockey. And he, he's just sit there and, and jumped right in with me and spent a good 45 minutes of his, of his day just sitting there, me, me and Brian and Bill, just talking. And he's, he's willing to do that with me. Uh, he's, he's willing to go out to these meet and greets and do it with anybody who wants to talk hockey. And that's the kind of ownership that, will succeed in las vegas because people are gonna people are gonna love it man they're gonna he's gonna put a winner in that stadium and he's gonna bring bring in the right people to run things for him he's gonna put a winner on the ice and and he's gonna be the you know he's gonna be the guy that brought the first major league franchise to las vegas and he's gonna go down in history as that guy so um um, well i certainly would like to see a little bit more on social media I would like to see a little more creativity. I mean, it is, like, for instance, I remember back in early in the campaign, they said, okay, buy two season tickets, you know, because there were some single season tickets sold, buy two season tickets, and you'll get a, a commemorative jersey to start the year. Those sort of things can't stop. I agree. By, I agree. By three to, you know, I don't we pick your number, by three to five partial seats, get a commemorative puck, by, you know, whatever, and get, you know, whoever our first-round draft pick is or whoever we get uh, off the un- unprotected list, you know, get a uh, an autographed photo with them. You know, these sort of things that you as an organization have, you've got to start thinking outside the box right now because season ones are easy. Season yeah. two is where... You have to start saying, and you have to show, start showing your ability to to sell, to form relationships, to keep the city engaged. Because let's face it, we're we're probably not going to have a great first year, and that's fine. But now season two comes. What are you going to do to keep the city engaged? And, and those things, you know, Vegas Vegas loves that stuff. I mean, the Wranglers when they had all kinds of the. Uh, you know, they had all kinds of different promotions. People love the midnight game, and they love sure. you know mini kiss coming in. They you know they love that stuff, and that you know people want it. People here want to they want to feel like they're getting something for the money other than what they you know pay for it, and it doesn't take much. Um, you could raffle off a uh, you know whoever buys the next three season tickets gets to have lunch with Bill Foley or so. You got to think outside the box. 
It can't be just roll it out and let's see who buys it, and then we'll go out and meet a few people. you got to give incentives and continue to give incentives, and that's how you continue to build relationships with the people of this city. Yeah, and I think... I think let's get to uh, let's get to June twenty fourth. I believe is the award show and the board of governors. Yes. Let let's get to that. Let's get the uh, let's let Gary Bettman stand up on his podium and announce that he uh, is very pleased with Las Vegas and will be submitting a vote in September. Let's get that official announcement out. I'm I'm sure that a lot of the and and. I don't want to say much, but Mr. Foley has a lot of great ideas. Um, but right now, since there isn't an official team, the uh, let's just say his hands might be tied a little bit on getting too involved in some of that stuff. Let's let the let's let the league do what they're going to do. And uh, I think I think between June and September, we're going to be hearing you know, which is you know typically a dead time except for the draft and free agency. I think we're going to be hearing a lot of a lot of uh, stuff coming out of the out of the camp there with Mr. Foley and well, the division. Las Vegas is going to have their answer uh, on the third week of June. We're, we're going to have our answer about expansion in the city in the third week of June, because if they choose not to do it, not to go forward on the expansion process, you know darn well. Well, there's your answer. Yep, absolutely. If they choose to do it. Well, they're only doing it for one market, yeah, and they're not going to go through the process if they don't think that there is a re- there's a reasonable reason to take the first step to get themselves involved in that process. Yeah, I think so. We're going to have our answer in three weeks whether or not this city is getting a team. And I, I think, and I think from that point on, we're going to start seeing a lot of those things that you were just talking about. I think there's more. Well, you know, I think it, there's more to it, come. If you can give a jersey out, or, you know, I mean, it, it shouldn't be too hard to, to come up with talk. I mean, you know, my whole point on that is just let's think outside the box, get all these people, you know, get as squeeze as much out as you can, and then when the Board of Governors has presented our final numbers, you know you've done everything you possibly could to give him the final number that is as large as you could possibly get it. Yep. And... I, I think we're going to be over 15,000 by the time, uh, counting the partial seats and everything. I think we'll be at 15,000 by the time he turns those in. And I think that's going to do it for us. <laughs> I really do. Well, AK can't not do it for us. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, you it, can't sit there and have a city that sells 15,000 tickets in the middle of a city that you don't think cares about your sport, and we prove that we do care about your sport, and you would, you would lose this city forever. For, I, I mean... Yeah, don't come back. Don't second. come back. If, if you, if you do that, city, don't let the door hit you on the way out, and don't come back. That's, I mean, that's... We would become... The biggest NBA city in the country. Ah, uh, don't say that, Dana. That, <laughs> At oh, that point. Ah, that's terrible. Oh, well, right. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, we would be, we'd be something else, that's for sure. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is if, if, if the people see that, they will – listen, we don't forget losing the Duke in, in, in 91. No, we do we not. Don't forget it. We did not forget the NBA All-Star game. We have Ugh. not ever forgotten that. No, okay? sir. If you, if you turn your back on, your, on this city at this point, 
you will leave a residue that will be uncorrectable. Forget about it at that point. Don't even don't even call. Don't 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 even call back. We're going to be out at that point. Incorrectable, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but no, you get my I point. Agree. Absolutely. You know what? Let's wrap this up, man. Uh, we, we're at it again. I can't. Uh, every time every time Dana comes on, we're just uh, we're just freewheeling this thing out, and uh, uh, it's great talking with you again, Dana. Thanks for coming on and co-hosting our Stanley Cup final preview. Um, I appreciate that. Next time we talk to you, uh, we'll come we'll come back after the after the playoffs are over and, and maybe look ahead. See, maybe we'll get some news here in three weeks and we'll have you back yeah, on sounds good. talk about that. So, uh, again, thank you, sir. You guys can follow Dana Lane at Dana Lane Sports on Twitter, and that's where you can subscribe to his services. And I think, don't you do a free baseball play every day? Yeah, every day. We, we have a free play. Uh, it's been Major League Baseball just because of the fact that we have more games to choose from, so we don't want to be limited by one game in the NBA or one game in the NHL. So, it's definitely baseball. We give a free play, and uh, you know certainly we're we're very excited to take on new clients and get them involved with what they're doing, what we're doing. Okay, sounds great, sir. Thank you again for coming on the show, and we will talk to you soon. We're gone. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,